to mini episode 128 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have four spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 4th of June 2021 and story number one comes from Corinne. I have always been a believer and just took my experiences at face value without really questioning it. Lots of little things in my life and my family's lives have happened. The first house my older brother Q actually bought was from an old man we called Cobb, who had lived there alone since his wife died. He had other offers on the house but preferred to sell it to Q. I can't remember if he gave Q a warning or if Q just assumed the footsteps he could hear belonged to Cobb's late wife, but either way, Q and his girlfriend would regularly hear very clear footsteps in the house and then the doorknob rattle. It was something we regularly talked about and joked about between the family that lived locally, but our other brother Chris lived in a different city and hadn't heard the story. He borrowed this house from Q for a few nights during a family event, and after the first night came to us visibly shaken, saying, I'm not staying in that house anymore. There were footsteps and the door rattled, but no one was there. We sort of just laughed and said, It's Mrs. Cobb. She just likes to check to make sure the door is locked after everyone is in bed but he flat out refused to stay there anymore. These are the little things that we all just sort of take for granted without really questioning it or looking for alternative explanations or even really talking about it in too much depth. When I was four, my mother's father, we called him Pop, passed away. It was sudden and unexpected and fairly devastating for my family, especially my mum. My younger brother, Zach, was only 10 days old. My mum always said that my pop's attitude towards my baby brother was very weird. The one time pop actually held him, he apparently got a very strange look on his face, handed Zach straight back and walked away without explaining himself. Zach also always had a very old soul as a kid and I think it gave mum comfort to believe that some part of her dad might be living on in her youngest child. When I was fairly young but old enough to remember it fairly well at around 7 or 8, I had a reoccurring dream that my late pop was walking down the hallway past my bedroom towards my parents' bedroom. He had a blue glow around him. More than a few times I would wake up from this and look towards the doorway with more than a little trepidation to see an actual blue glowing form pass my room. Even though it never felt threatening, I was always freaked out and would hide under the covers. Because as we all know, nothing can get us under there. I never told anybody about it until my younger brother Zach and I were having a massive Instagram conversation one day recently. About weird shit and experiences. And he asked, Do you remember the blue boy? I had no idea what he was talking about. And he explained that when he was a young kid, he used to see a boy that looked a bit like him but was glowing blue all over and wearing overalls, and he would be beside my brother's bed at night. Zach would get up and follow him into our parents' room, but he would disappear. A couple of times he tried to follow the blue boy through an external door my parents had in their room, but when he opened it, he would get hit with a bright white light and then wake up in his bed. I said, oh, that's so weird. I thought I saw a blue glowing form in that house too but it was Pop as an adult. He sort of glided past my bedroom door, heading towards my mum and dad's bedroom. My brother responded, I see him all the time too. I really randomly see him in his work overalls, glowing slightly blue just at random points in my life, 
even at work sometimes. But if I concentrate too hard on looking directly at him, I can't see him anymore. We kind of theorised that maybe the blue boy was our pop appearing to him in a way that his child mind could understand, and possibly acting as some sort of guardian or just checking in. We also speculated that maybe he couldn't follow Pop through the door as it's not his time to die or cross over yet, but maybe Pop will be his guide when that time does come. It was so weird that neither of us had told anyone, but had both been seeing something quite similar. The house we were in at the time was fairly new. The grandfather in question and my dad had built it from scratch together when I was around one years old. They literally even dug the holes for the foundation. More recently in my current house where I live with my husband and our three kids, every few weeks or so after moving in, I would hear or see something just in my peripherals heading down the hallway towards the kids' bedroom. A few times I assumed it was the kids out of bed and scurrying down the hallway to jump back into bed to avoid being caught, but every time I went to check on them they were fast asleep. Once they got bunk beds and it became even more obvious that it wasn't them, as it's almost an impossible task to climb the bunk bed ladder in the eight or so seconds it takes for me to walk down the hallway to their room and then jump under the covers and feign sleep, which they are also terrible at. Over time it became more and more clear that it wasn't actually a person, or even humanoid in shape. I began to see it clearer and clearer, and was able to look at it for a second or two, instead of only in my peripheral vision and it was a glowing white orb about the size of a child's head, but at adult head height, floating down the hallway. It wasn't an orb that I would associate with the paranormal, and I had previously never really believed in orbs, and it wasn't an orb that we see in so-called ghost photos. It was more like what I now know to be ball lightning. It couldn't have been actual ball lightning due to the total range of weather, humidity, times of seeing it, etc., but that's what it looked like. I never felt threatened and didn't really know what it meant so I didn't say anything to anyone at all. I just accepted that I was seeing something and moved on with life. Then after about a year of living here and seeing these things, my husband and I were in the kitchen doing dishes or some such and we heard, or more felt, that someone had just peeked around the wall from the hallway that connects to the kitchen and then scurried off. We thought it was our eldest son out of bed again and I rushed down to the room in the hopes of catching him. Again, he was fast asleep with no signs of movement. I went back to the kitchen and told my husband that he was fast asleep, and my husband got this look on his face like he was gearing up to give me some big news. He said something like, That happens to me all the time, and sometimes when it does, I can actually see something in the corner of my eye, and it's not the kids. There's something here. I looked at him with a realisation dawning. I see it all the time too. I see something white floating down the hallway. There is something in this house. We'd been living here for over a year, both seeing this thing but neither of us talking about it. Again, in my family, it's just sort of generally accepted. And it never felt threatening, so we just kind of got on with life and ignored it. About a year after that conversation with this thing still showing itself now and again, I was suddenly seeing it almost every day. I didn't think too much of it, but was very confused about why it was showing itself so often. Again, no negative feelings ever came from this, nor really positive ones. It was just sort of there, coexisting in the house. 
Then I got the news that my oldest brother Chris had died suddenly at the age of 43 from undiagnosed epilepsy. He had been estranged due to his addiction and accompanying toxic behaviour, but prior to that we were very close. Our family had a running joke that we were twins born 10 years apart. It was a very hard time and it put the orb or presence out of my mind for a day or two. A couple of nights after his death I was sitting on the couch in the lounge room trapped under a sleeping, teething baby with the TV on low so as not to wake the household. The dog was laying nonchalantly half asleep at my feet. Suddenly I became aware of the sound of breathing behind my head. I was sitting on a couch which was against a wall so I assumed it was the cat who likes to sleep at the top of the couch cushions which would put her right behind my head. But it gradually got louder and louder until it was borderline deafening and I thought the cat must be having some sort of an episode or be hyperventilating or something and turned to check on her but she wasn't there. Nothing was. Suddenly the dog sat up and put herself on my feet staring at the opening of the lounge room. She does this when she thinks she's protecting us from something, usually an unfamiliar dog or another animal. But this time she wasn't growling and didn't have her heckles up. She was just sitting, at attention, staring. The breathing sound suddenly stopped, just as a deep purple orb, again more like ball lightning than the orbs I've seen in ghostly photos, including short tendrils kind of undulating softly out from the main ball, almost like a literal ball of electricity or energy in constant motion. It floated into the room towards me, around standing head height. The dog followed it with her eyes every inch of the way. It floated slowly towards me and I didn't feel scared, but I felt overwhelming sadness. Not unusual in itself, given what I was going through at the time. And out loud, while crying, I said, Chris, if that's you, I love you. And I know you love me, but you need to move on. And the thing simply winked out of existence, as though it was never there. No sound, no residue left behind. Nothing except the dog sniffing all around as though to look for it. A good few months to a year after the fact, I looked up possible orb colours and their meanings, and found some information that said purple can mean family, loyalty and forgiveness which I took to mean that my brother was at peace with our relationship, despite being estranged when he died. I saw nothing else paranormal until after my brother's funeral, when I started to become aware of an extra dark, inky black shadow on the ceiling of the hallway, visible from my bed at night. It was almost like the dark shape of a human crouching and sometimes crawling on the ceiling and watching me. For some reason it absolutely terrified me, and I was petrified to look directly at it as though that would give it power, or I would see something that I could never unsee. It wasn't just a regular shadow, as it wasn't there every single night, and over time it has disappeared, and I haven't seen it for about a year now. My brother died two years ago from the time of writing this. It could have been a manifestation of my grief, or something I suppose, since while I've personally never had sleep paralysis or psychosis or anything like it, My deceased brother struggled with severe mental illness, including psychosis episodes, so it's possible my mind conjured up this horrifying shadow in the midst of my grief. I've also never seen or heard the white thing again, ever since it was here pretty much every day just before my brother died. I don't know if it was some kind of omen or what, 
but it's definitely pretty weird. There are other small things that happen to us. For instance, I often sense a presence in my dad's family homestead that seems to be checking in on the kids when they're sleeping, and little things like that. It doesn't feel like any of us are gifted or anything of the sort. It just feels like we've accepted these things as part of life, and so they're just there. Similar to how a child just goes with it without questioning it. I think sometimes the best things to do in these situations is to just accept it particularly if it's not having a really negative impact on your life if it's just something odd that happens every now and then sometimes it is okay to just accept it like the first story of Mrs Cobb footsteps down the corridor checking the door to see if it's locked sometimes it is okay to just say oh that's just Mrs Cobb checking to see if the door is locked and leave it at that because it just makes it just makes it a bit easier to deal with it I guess how interesting that both you and your little brother had seen blue glowing people without realizing you both had seen it because you could easily say on its own you could say oh I was in a sleep state or I was having some sort of sleep paralysis episode or I was dreaming but then years later to find out that your brother had the same experience and maybe you're right maybe it was your granddad's way of appearing to your brother in a way that he would understand and not be frightened of. I think we share the same attitude when it comes to orbs like I'm not particularly interested in them I often feel like the orbs they show on paranormal TV shows or pictures or whatever, there's too many variables. It could be any number of things, not necessarily a ghost. Do you know what I mean? But there are every so often pictures, videos or stories of orbs that are really interesting. And this is one of them because you described it as being like a like ball lightning, like with tendrils and everything coming out of it. And I did read before about different lights, orbs, whatever, having different meanings So maybe it was your brother coming back to say, hey, I'm okay and I love you. And story number two comes from Nicole. I'm from the northeast of Scotland and emigrated to Australia in 2004 with a four year stint in Indonesia. My experiences span most of my life and a few continents. There have been lots, but I will share my most memorable ones. Growing up, I always had a fear of ghosts lurking in dark corners or behind doors, most likely because of having an older brother who liked to play pranks, and it was the 80s, so plenty of scary movies were in the mainstream. When I was 10 years old, my parents moved us to a rental property on a castle estate while renovating an old house. It had a creepy vibe, despite being a new build, and I put it down to the low ceilings and dark corridors of the upper floor. It is the only time in my whole life I heard my mum talking about ghosts or hauntings. She is one of those fearless people who doesn't take any crap. She didn't go into details, just mentioned the house was haunted to a friend and wouldn't say any more. Six months later we moved into the old cottage that we were renovating. The cottage had some history, being known as the Knackery Cottage, as the horse slaughter shed had been next door. I'm not sure of the direct relationship, if any, between the cottage and the yard, but its history felt quite sad to me. My dad found the usual stuff when he tore the walls down. Old playing cards and such, probably as good luck tokens left by the builder. I never felt comfortable in that old house, and neither did my dad. My sister was a toddler at that time and would talk about Fiona all the time. She would play in the pitch dark, and have all her teddies set out in a circle and be chatting away to her friend. 
This went on for years and slowly my sister outgrew her invisible friend but not before a family friend told my dad there was a spirit who liked to play hide and seek with him in the hall. Of course we all thought this was hilarious as my dad was such a prankster he was finally getting some comeuppance. She was known to be psychic and we didn't really question it. She was a sensitive woman who had a conviction in her abilities. I have a memory of seeing a little girl sitting on my window ledge one morning, but I admit that I could have dreamt it. All the activity seemed to happen in and around my bedroom. When my sister was around seven, we were in my room chatting and she said, Why doesn't that candle holder not explode? It was glass, and a split second later it did. I was freaked out as I had been burning tea light candles in it for months without any incident. She thought it was hilarious, so taunting me, she said, that poster is going to fall down. It promptly fell off the wall at the other side of the room from us, so she got booted out of my room pronto and I hoped her and her little friend went with her. My sweet elderly neighbour would give me old costume jewellery to play with. If I left any necklace in my room, it would be broken the next morning without fail. One time, when my parents were decorating my room, they moved my furniture into the hall. I walked out to get some clothes and felt something walk through me, or me through it. It wasn't a small girl energy. It felt manly, but not negative, just weird as hell. Roll on to my new life in Australia, where I moved with my now husband after uni, settled down and had kids, the usual stuff. My husband and I took our kids on holiday. We rented a beach house and I went into the laundry and that same sensation I had from my childhood home of walking through some kind of energy happened again. I turned and got a vision of a little old lady, not actually there, visibly, but tangible somehow, and again not threatening, more like she belonged there and was checking on the guests. This takes me on to my time living in Indonesia. The first two years we lived in Jakarta, and I would hear my name being spoken in the living room occasionally, but it felt comforting. There were odd feelings and smells, but nothing negative. We then moved to Borneo and lived in a house for two years, and in that whole time I did not manage to get a full night's sleep, and I love my sleep. Normally nothing wakes me. Not long after hearing a glass being slammed down hard on the bathroom sink, my husband swears he was pushed, a hard shove from behind which caused him to fall and his back has never been the same. That same bathroom caught on fire one night, dodgy wiring most likely, but it did not help the general feeling of foreboding that we felt there. The most undeniably odd thing to happen was two loud raps on our bedroom door. I got up thinking it was one of the kids. The youngest was in his cot and his two sisters were sound asleep in their room. All of the rooms were off the main living area. Seconds after getting back into bed, we heard it again, but on my daughter's bedroom door, as clear as anything and loud. My husband checked the whole house. Our security guard, which is normal for Indonesia and in no way indicative of it being a dangerous neighbourhood, was at his usual spot at the gate minding his own business, scrolling through his phone. Our house was gated and high-walled, No way in or out except through that gate. Besides, the knocks were clearly on the internal bedroom doors, not on the windows or the roof space. We moved back to Australia shortly after that and I was able to sleep soundly again. The house we live in now is peaceful, 
relatively new and I have never felt creeped out by it. There have been other little incidents in my life, but these are the ones that still make me feel a little bit odd. But for now that's it, and here's to a peaceful life, because I am a complete coward. So I'm not going to lie Nicole, but your little sister sounds like a freaky kid. She sounds like a freaky kid. If she was in my bedroom saying, why isn't that glass exploded and the glass exploded and then that poster is going to fall off the wall and then it fell off the wall. I'd be like, who's giving you this information? Who's whispering that in your ear that this stuff is going to happen? And you're never allowed into my bedroom again. She would be banned from the bedroom, never to be allowed in there again. Absolutely no way. I love stories about people finding stuff in their walls, particularly in older houses where they would build stuff into the walls, like playing cards, like sometimes mummified cats, things like that, in order to bring about good luck and to prevent evil from coming into the house. Like I love those old stories, like those houses too that have found witch bottles in the fireplaces and stuff. I think they're pretty amazing and it's such like a such a look into the history of a house that people took the time to do this to make sure that their family had good luck. I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't be delighted if it happened to me. I'd probably feel pretty frightened, but I like hearing about other people that it's happened to. Maybe that makes me a sadist. And story number three comes from Hannah. My grandma, Sonia, passed away on November the 1st, 2020. She was a vertically challenged, her words, incredible spitfire of a lady that was genuinely loved by everyone that knew her. Grandma was my mom's mom and we spent a ton of time with her, Christmas being one of those times. It was incredibly rare that we weren't with her for the holidays. Christmas Day was a bit quieter than normal after breakfast with friends. My mom, dad, brother and I were settling into a new four-person Christmas. We paused between chatting and laughing and opening gifts, kind of taking a collective breath, when the bells on one side of our Christmas tree started ringing as if someone brushed against the tree when they walked by. We all froze and acknowledged how strange it was, and started trying to justify how that would have happened, but we were unable to come up with a suitable answer. But then my dad, tears in his eyes, reminded us of a line from It's a Wonderful Life. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings. And then everyone was crying. I'd never had an experience like this one before, but I'm so glad that it happened, whether it was grandma or not. My roommate's dad passed away in May of 2020, and the anniversary of his passing this year was hard for her. She had been waiting for a package from her mom for a couple of days, and she got a call from her mom on the anniversary of her father's death, saying that the package had been delivered. It had not been delivered and she wandered around our building looking for it but couldn't find it anywhere and was pretty disappointed. A few hours later I was sitting on the couch doing some work and watching TV when our front door quietly opened on its own. I was spooked, obviously, as that has not happened with our front door before. I got up to check it out and a breeze swept over me giving me goosebumps and her package was sitting face up, perfectly centred on our doormat. I've convinced myself that it was her dad dropping by, but I'm also sure there is a reasonable explanation for the whole thing. However, something about it felt too paranormal to be justified. I love these stories of loved ones coming back to show that they are happy and safe 
and it's just give a little sign that they're still knocking around. I think it's lovely. I've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. I've never seen it. I know the premise of the story, but this Christmas I'm going to have to watch it because I've never seen it. I feel like I'm just one of the few people left on earth who hasn't seen that film. And story number four comes from Destiny. Growing up, I realised that I was not like the other kids. I always had feelings in any room I walked into. And being the type of kid that was just so aware of vibes and spirits and people that you know aren't actually there, it was really hard to make friends. My friend and I were so close that one of us would DJ the other person's shower. So you could be in the shower and they would pick the music and sit on the toilet and vibe. One morning when I was getting a shower at my friend's house, I had music playing on my phone and I listened to a lot of rock music and literally out of nowhere it turns into folk music and I was yelling and telling her to stop switching songs because folk music isn't my type of music. My brother-in-law makes his own music, he's a rapper and as soon as this song had switched to yet another folk music song, I opened the shower curtain and said, what the hell is wrong with you? But when I looked, nobody else was in there with me. I got a fright so I rushed out of the shower. I was wrapped in a towel and I went to my friend to ask her what she was doing and tell her that it wasn't funny to leave my music alone and how did she get out of the bathroom without me hearing the door. She replied that she was never in the bathroom. She'd been doing dishes the whole time. Later, I found out that they had an old lady ghost who would actually trash her and her brother's studio room because she didn't like anything other than folk music. My second story deals with the same house and the same friend. One night, both of us were sitting at the kitchen table and there was a Bible on the table in front of us. Right before our eyes, the Bible opened up and we looked at each other in a panic. We thought that somehow her siblings were messing with us, but nobody was even home. After that, we grabbed the Bible as quick as possible and we stuck it in our closet so it was out of sight and out of mind. Right? Wrong. We watched a movie and went to cook dinner and sure enough, with both of us about to shit ourselves, the Bible was right back on that table. Needless to say, we didn't sleep well and we stayed close. What a friendship that is to have your own personal DJ when you're having a shower. I would simultaneously love and hate that because I would have like songs in mind that I'd really want to hear and then I'd be frustrated that the other person couldn't read my mind and didn't play the right song. I think, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, what a vibe, what a jam. I find showers very boring, so I would love to have a shower friend. And I I mean, I mean in the, in the respect of them sitting on the toilet playing music for me, being my personal DJ before anybody thinks anything else and that bible would be straight in the closet for me too i'd be like absolutely not i don't care what you're trying to communicate holy spirit but i'm i'm not into it thank you so much for listening to today's episode thank you to corinne nicole hannah and destiny for sending in your stories remember the last story came from the 4th of june 2021 and if you would like to learn anything about real life ghost stories podcast you can do so by checking out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and on that note i shall see you next time